Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Welcome to the 97th episode of the Pulling Tart Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bobby Kuhn. Great to be back with you all this week. Uh, had to take a week off, um, but we are back with Samantha McCloskey, social media and marketing manager for the Richmond Flying Squirrels, AA affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. If you like this episode, everybody, make sure to go back and listen to all the older episodes. There's something back there for everyone. Uh, You may find somebody that you know back there as well. Um, So go check out the old episodes. Uh, Would love to give more shout-outs in 2022. Haven't gotten a chance to yet. Um, But the easiest way to get a shout-out on here and on social media is to drop a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. That helps drive us up the charts a little bit and turns more people into members of the TARP crew. Um, Speaking of social media, there is a designated Twitter account for the podcast, so go ahead and follow that at PullingTARPPod. That's where you can find all up-to-date news about the Pulling Tarp podcast and reach out about becoming a guest. That's where businesses can reach out as well to become sponsors. Would love to get one of those soon. Um... And you can also follow me on Twitter at It's R.A. Kuhn. That's I-T-S-R-A-C-O-O-N. I know I haven't tweeted it out there much, uh, but there is Pulling Tart Podcast merchandise. You can now get Pulling Tart Podcast stickers, coffee mugs, and wall art. I want to uh, come up with an idea for a cool t-shirt. So if anybody has one of those, um, you know, tweet at me um, or the podcast. Uh, there's a, a link. Tr- there is a link tree on our bio on Twitter that takes you everywhere you can listen to the podcast and to tpublic.com where you can buy the merchandise. Um, but if you want to just type it right into your browser, it's tpublic.com. That's T E E P U B L I C. That's where you can find all the Pulling Tart podcast merchandise. With that being said, let's chat with Sam McCloskey. Sam, welcome on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Uh, super excited to have you on. Uh, this past week was the four-year anniversary of when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I literally could not stop watching like all the highlights from it. Um, oh man, I I like accidentally drank like twelve beers during that game. I don't know, like like I was I was just like pounding them because I was so nervous. So stressed. Yeah. I was so stressed. Um, but, um, so what were you doing, like, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. Um, my story with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl is like sort of anticlimactic, I feel, because I was at Texas Tech because I okay. was still in school. Yeah. So I was in Dallas country oh. with a whole bunch of Dallas fans. I was the oh. only Eagles fan at the Super Bowl party. Mm -hmm. And I'm wearing my Vince Papal jersey. Like, I am <laughs> hyped. Like, I, like, my face is beat red the entire time. Yeah. And everyone was like, watching me watching the game not like watching the game yeah because i was like freaking out the entire time and it's so funny that you say you pounded like beers because i didn't drink like a drop of alcohol the entire time because oh. i was just so distracted yeah and we when we won i was like screaming like go birds i started saying fly eagles fly like yep. i don't even remember it but there's video footage of me standing <laughs> outside at this like massive apartment complex going hey hey like the yes. whole nine yards and everyone's probably like man this eagles girl like go away because they're all dallas fans yeah it's in dallas country basically so i love the fact that you have a vince papali jersey oh, oh my yeah. gosh <laughs> where did you even find that gave it to me he had it okay. for a long time he's got like i mean the whole basement was like decked out sports yeah available, like the whole nines um but he shipped it to me like early on in the football season because i had like a t-shirt but i didn't have an eagles jersey yeah um so he shipped it to me i was like i gotta represent okay so my eagles jersey is a brian westbrook jersey that hey, that I, I that when I was like a kid. <laughs> I got it at a second hand store for fifteen bucks. No. Yeah. So I I still rock it. I went to actually my first Eagles game at the link this year. When I lived okay. in when I lived in Wisconsin, I went to a couple Eagles games that were at Lambeau. Um and that was that was super fun. But finally got to my first game at the link this year. Um, but man, um, I hadn't been like back in Philly since I went to the parade. Uh, did you go to the parade? I, uh, so I wasn't at the parade. Okay. I was sitting, I skipped class to watch it. Okay. So I was sitting alone in my apartment and I went to this like awful, I got the worst cheesesteak, <sighs> but it was like the only option available. And I was mm -hmm. like, I have to do this. Like just for, I don't know, the symbolic like yeah. aspect of it. You have to. And my dad took my younger sibling, and my younger sibling hates sports. Like, mm. does not watch anything. Literally called the end zone the touchdowny place. Like, hated it. And then <laughs> went and got hammered at the Eagles parade, and I was, like, alone, like, losing my mind yeah. watching it on TV. Uh, yeah, I told my... Well, we were just dating at that point, but I told my wife, I was like... I am going to the parade. <laughs> this, there's no if ands, or buts about it. I'm going. Luckily, I was able to meet some friends up there. Um, but, man, so it was such an awesome experience. Like, like, I never had anything like that happen in my life. Like, my team yeah. to win a championship. So it was just absolutely incredible. Um, I was at the Phillies parade. Okay. Okay. And that was great. I was not old enough to get hammered at that point. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but that was awesome. We skipped school for that as well. My okay. dad pulled me out of school and my mom like threw a temper tantrum about it. Nice. Um, 
was like, no, you're not pulling her out of school. And he was like, I'm pulling her out of school. Yeah. And we're going. Um, so we went, and that was great. It was so, it was awesome. So, I remember, like, every minute of it. It was, it was great. Awesome. So speaking of cheesesteaks, where do you think is the best cheesesteak? This is such a great question. So I'm a Dallas Saunders girl. Okay. I will live and die by it. My mom loves Pudges. Okay. And then I don't know where my dad likes, but there's a a local Las Patas like near where I grew up. And that's like pretty good. If we're not gonna like, if we're not in Philly, sure, it's like a pretty good, like local joint in, um, in Aston. Okay. Yeah. There's a couple good spots in Williamsport too. Um, that I always hit up when I go home. Uh, Mm -hmm. so, um, what are you hoping for with this whole Ben Simmons Sixers thing? Uh, I honestly just am like sick of hearing about it. I feel like I would love to see something happen with like James Harden back in November when there was like conversations about like possibly a trade with the Celtics. I was like, that would be the most insane plot twist in this whole story. Right. At this point, I'm just like sick of it. I think, I don't know, hot sports takes, but I just get him out of here. Yeah, I mean, you got to get something for them, but I, I, the, and they have to be like super careful because the team at this point, like, they're they're kind of at that point where like the Pistons back in like the early two thousands, like they made one blockbuster trade at the deadline, and it made them championship contenders and they ended up winning the championship that year when they got Rasheed Wallace in that trade um and I think the Sixers are like one player away honestly um they are so close it's like it's been great to watch them obviously like trust the process yeah when we were back I don't know if you followed the Twitter account like did the Sixers win yes I love that Twitter account because I followed them back when it was just like no yep me too me too and now it's great to like every time it pops up on my feed I'm like this is just great yeah what a what a whole circle moment I know (laughs) I know um so we were talking a little bit before we started recording and you spent some time across the pond in in England um you were there for grad school so what was that like yeah I was in England for a year Mm -hmm. for my master's degree I it's really funny because when people ask me about like my time in England like I really want to say like it was this amazing experience like and I did really enjoy it but I was there for the like the their longest part of lockdown I moved there um just after Christmas of 2020 and I got there, and the day that I got there, they locked down until, like, May. Mm. So we were in full lockdown for, like, five months, like, legally not allowed to leave the house unless you're going to the store type of lockdown. So that was, like, (laughs) sort of the beginning of it. It ended up being great. I was in the southwest of England at the University of Exeter. Um, It's in this really cool area where... The beach is only, like, an hour away, if that. Mm-hmm. And the beaches on that part of the coastline of England are, like, absolutely gorgeous. Like, you would think it was Italy. 
absolutely gorgeous. And then on the other side, there's this like huge national park called Dartmoor and they have all these like really great hiking spots and there's like cattle, like free roaming and free range horses and like all this really cool stuff. So it was kind of like a best of the best of both worlds type of spot. Okay. Um, And then of course you got like pub culture and the food is Meh. <laughs> that's what I've heard. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Um, I went to a sandals resort in Antigua in December, and like seventy five percent of the people there were British. Um, yeah, they love they love their hotel holidays. Yep, yep. It's not a vacation; it's a holiday. It's a hotel uh, holiday. And the one guy that I met, um, we hung out with quite a bit. He is a season ticket holder for, uh, what is it? Um, is it Norwich? The, I can't remember what it is. Um, I forget what, what team, it's not Tottenham, but anyways, he's a season ticket holder for, for like one of the small clubs. Um, and, uh, he, he was just telling me like, if you're a soccer fan, like you have to go to a game. Um, <laughs> did you get to go to any games when you were over there? So I never went to a soccer game or football even. Um, I was traveling there back in like 2019. And I was in Liverpool during a liver game, Liverpool match. Um, but just saw it at the pub. Didn't, didn't okay. go to the game. But I feel like seeing it at the pub is like such a different experience in and of itself. Like right. I didn't go to a game, but it was like the atmosphere was like kind of the same. Um, and that was really cool. I love Liverpool. If anyone who is listening is trying to go to England, I will say go to Liverpool over London any day of the week. Okay. Interesting. All right. They have like really awesome live music and that's where the Beatles were like founded. So they have right. this really cool, like the Beatles museum and then, um, but they have like awesome live music and then the Beatles cover bands, which are like kind of a touristy thing. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Hopefully I get to go over there, but like my wife is not a sports person like at all. Mm. Um, the only way she knows anything about sports is if like, um, like she knows who Lamar Odom is because he was married to Kardashian, right? Um, <laughs> she, she knows who Ben Simmons is, um, because of who he's dated you know like those kind of things um so i don't know if i could convince her to go to england but um i I also toyed with the idea when the eagles were playing in london um i was i I was like i'm just gonna look at prices real quick and she goes if you spend over a thousand dollars to go to london to watch the eagles play when they are literally two hours away from us I will hurt you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, maybe next time. <laughs> but um, so let's get into the flying squirrel stuff. Honestly, you are a tough person to find questions for. Like, like because because there's not like an in depth um, like bio for you on the website. Um, yeah, I just actually submitted all my responses for like all the questions that they ask on the website. Okay, I just sent them over, so they uh, should get put up soon. But okay, um, and then it's like all fun, it's all fun questions. I couldn't I couldn't find you on Instagram. If you're on it, you can plug it later. 
Um, so really all I had to go by was like your Twitter <laughs> account and the Flying Squirrels website, basically. So let's get into some of the Flying Squirrels stuff. Uh, they're doing some pretty cool things um, for the Flying Squirrels charities. I saw that on Twitter. Um, can you kind of go into that a little further? I know you guys had yeah. Gabe Kepler on, um, you know, with uh, Parney. Um, Parney. I, so I saw Parney sp- speak when I was at the uh, job fair at the winter meetings in Nashville in 2012. Um, so, so I, I've known who Parney is for years, (laughs) um, but yeah, just kind of go into what's going on with the Flying Squirrels charities. Absolutely. Um, we're actually just rebranding our charities committee and that whole like section of what we do. Um, we used to rebuild, um, like old baseball fields that needed help and things like that. So we've raised money for those types of things. And we've actually just pivoted. We have a new mission statement. We're focusing a lot on like enhancing educational opportunities as well as like providing athletic programming and ensuring inclusion in all of Richmond. Um, it's really cool. I'm fairly new to the squirrels. I'm fairly new to Richmond. Um, and it's amazing to see how involved, we are in the community and just how much we do like on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, like you mentioned, we just had Gabe Kapler. We got him for like a celebrity zoom event type thing. We didn't have a hot stove this year cause of COVID. Right. Um, so it was kind of like a hot stove replacement and we raised a lot of like really good money off that. Yeah. Um, it was really cool to hear Gabe Kapler talk. I don't know if anyone, I mean, San Francisco Giants fans, even Phillies fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but he talked a lot about diversity, obviously the San Francisco Giants coaching staff is fairly diverse. Um, and it was really cool, especially as a woman in sports to hear him kind of talk about just the diversity aspect and things like that. Okay. Yeah. That, I mean, the whole event looked like really cool. Um, how, so let me ask you this and I'm always super intrigued because like I worked for, uh, a team that had a, an affiliate that was not in any way local. Um, so, like, how does that affect, like, the fans? Like, are they big San Francisco Giants fans, or are they just big Flying Squirrels fans, or a little bit yeah. of both? The Flying Squirrels are the highest level of professional sports in the state of Virginia. Oh, so okay. if you, like, actually look at it, like... We are the team. A lot of people in right. Richmond, um, they're they're not really anything fans. They some of them are like Nationals fans. Some of them are um, like Atlanta Braves fans. But or excuse me, um, Atlanta fans. But a lot of them are just Richmond Flying Squirrels fans. Okay, All which right. is interesting. We the uh, the Richmond Braves who used to we used to be based in mm-hmm. Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, we're an Atlanta affiliate. Okay. Obviously. Yeah. And then with everything kind of getting shuffled around, the Flying Squirrels have been in Richmond now for 12 years, I think. Yeah. Um, and we just ended up with San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> it is interesting. Yeah, we don't really get a lot of San Francisco fans. I think we just had some season ticket holders who signed up who I think are originally from San Francisco. They uh... came in to tour the stadium all decked out in their san francisco gear they're really excited that's pretty cool 
But yeah. I, I, so like, yeah, I worked in Beloit when they were an Oakland A's affiliate. Yeah. And I was just like, this, <laughs> this does not make any sense whatsoever. Um, but there are Oakland A's fans everywhere. Um, and if they're like traveling remotely through the Midwest, they like stopped and made it, you know, made a, made a point to stop at the ballpark and see a game. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, I know I've told this story like a couple times on the podcast, but there was a guy that was the general manager of the Qdoba in Beloit, and he had a Oakland A's tattoo on his forearm, and he like would you know he I I think I introduced him to um, my buddy Emmett who was the clubhouse manager, and he gave like the team like discounts on food and like all this stuff um so like yeah he was just a diehard Oakland A's fan ever since he was a kid so that was I mean that was pretty cool unexpected for sure yeah respect the tat that's awesome yep yep uh so I I read a little bit about the nine um and so I just want to ask, what can fans expect to see with the Flying Squirrels being a team captain of the nine? I think it's a really cool idea, honestly, and kind of like behind its time. Like it, like this should have happened earlier, yeah. you know? Absolutely, I think it's really it's a really cool initiative. Um, when we found out that minor league baseball was rolling it out, I thought like the whole. Then they picked the number nine because it was the number that Jackie Robinson wore when he played in the minors for just a year. Mm -hmm. Um, He was in the minors. So that like the whole story behind just the initiative in general is really cool. But in Richmond, we um, just retired. Obviously the number 42 is retired and we just retired the number 34 in honor of the Richmond 34 who were 34 students from Virginia union university. Mm. Um, who sat in, did a like a sit-in at one of the department stores, really peaceful, and they were all arrested um, during the civil rights movement. Wow. So we just retired that number. We did a really big, we have a mural on the outside of the stadium honoring them. Um, they come, the anniversary of that is actually later this month, so we'll be doing a lot um, okay. around that, especially since it's Black History Month and things along those lines. <clears throat> all right. But it's a really great initiative. We have um, a program as well with Virginia State University, which is um, a historically black college or university. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get interns from them as well. So okay. we have some really great people who work for us now who were interns and are now full-time. Oh, um, cool. Because we set up that program. So that's like a great thing that we've started as well. That's awesome. I've like, you know... I worked in minor league baseball for a while and the amount of minorities that worked in our front offices was a little, you know, disturbing. Um, and, and let's face it, the amount of black players is diminishing Mm -hmm. like crazy. And, um, it's, it's great to see, that I mean, we we need more diversity in the front offices and on the field, honestly. So, yeah. um, it's a great initiative. And in the stands as well. Yeah, like, and definitely, yeah. definitely. Richmond is um forty eight percent black. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
people of color are the majority in Richmond, but that's not represented at our game. So yeah. we're looking at how to engage these different types of audiences um, and kind of bring them in. One of our initiatives for this year is um, fun for all. I don't know if anyone follows the flying squirrels. We spell fun, all caps with two N's. Um, have fun, go nuts is kind of our existing tagline. And we're kind of shifting to this fun for all where we're trying to really emphasize the fact that anyone can come to the ballpark and enjoy themselves, um, no matter your race or gender or sexual orientation, what have you. We're like mm-hmm. a safe space and a fun place for everybody. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. when Whenever you said like, and in the stands, I was like, yes. Yeah. Like that was that was going to be the next thing that came out of my mouth. So yeah, definitely agree with that. Um, and uh, I'll definitely keep an eye on what you guys are doing for sure. It sounds awesome. Um, so we also both worked in the Midwest League. Um, mm-hmm. And you were in Peoria. I don't know if we ever met. Were you there when they had the All-Star game? No. Okay. So I was only in Peoria for a really short amount of time. Okay. I was hired in January of 2020 and then COVID happened. Oh, okay. So I moved like all my stuff. I slept out to the middle of nowhere, Illinois. Literally the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Literally middle of nowhere, Illinois. Um, just kidding. Peoria is great. <laughs> it's a nice little town. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed my short amount of time there. Um, but then COVID happened and I went home to quarantine with my family okay. in Philadelphia um, and then ended up being laid off while I was still out there. So I had to like drive back, get all my stuff, come yeah. back again. It was like a whole mm. thing. Um, did you ever go to Hooper's, the bar? No. It's like, it's right across the street from the hotel that I stayed at for the All-Star game. I don't even remember what it was, but it it was a cool bar. It was a really cool sport, sports bar. Um, I, I loved it. Yeah, it was called Hooper's. Um, Hooper's. And it was dirt cheap to drink, too. I remember that. But um, So you worked a little bit with Nathan Beliva, um, yeah. <laughs> who's a former guest of the podcast. Um, him and I crossed paths... Um, at least twice every season. Um, and nobody ever really likes going to Beloit. Um, and, and Nathan, Nathan made that clear. Um, which, but, but it's fine. I totally get it. Um, and ever since I left Beloit, like we've been on great terms, obviously he came on the podcast. It was great interview. He was like one of my first 20 guests somewhere in there. Um, but so what was it like working with Nathan? Oh, so Nathan was the person who hired me. Okay. My direct superior. I worked like really closely with him. All right. He is great. I learned so much from him in like such a short amount of time. He's so smart. Like not only with like the communication stuff, but just like in general, like, yeah, he's just a really smart guy. He is a wealth of um, knowledge, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially with baseball stuff. Like, he's one of those people where, like, you say a day and he, like, knows what happens on that day. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just great with all that stuff. Um, I felt like sometimes he would he would text me. He'd be like, oh, we have to do this today. Like, whether it was social media-wise or whatever. Um, 
And I'd be like, it's already done. Like, we were, like, with the same brain the whole time, and we got along really, really well. Okay. Um, and Nathan, if you're listening, thank you. Nathan put in a good word with me, um, for me with the Flying Squirrels. He knows, um, who's now my direct superior, Trey, our director of communications. Um, they know each other from way back, and... Is that Trey, um... Trey Wilson. Yes. I know Trey. I know Trey. I, I want to get him on the pod at some point. Um, but so I know Trey when he was Jesse Goldberg Strassler's number two. He was an intern okay. for the Lansing Lugnuts. Um, I yeah, believe. I think that, that must be how he knows Nathan. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I, I remember Trey, him coming to the little tiny, um press box that was in Beloit um I remember uh so and it's it's honestly amazing to see like what Trey's done with his career because he was with Altoona and then he went home to Richmond he's from that area right um so yeah what he's been able to do in his career is awesome so um give I don't know if Trey remembers me but give it give him a shout out for me so (laughs) I will yeah. yeah Trey's great. They're all, I mean, everyone at the Squirrels have been, like, so nice and so kind. Like, we were talking about diversity. Like, a lot of our staff, we're definitely not a majority, but we do have, I think, nine women working in our office now, which is, like, a crazy staggering number. That is, yeah. Everyone's really supportive. Everyone's great. Um, Not that, I mean, Peoria was great as well. We had quite a few women working in that office. Yeah. Um, But it's been really great. I, I've worked in front offices that there weren't even nine people. So, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that's that is an astonishing number. And congrats to you guys, honestly. Um, so, and we were both just guests on the Baseball by Design podcast. Um, I know mine's not coming out until March um, because Paul's an overachiever, um, but. <laughs> How was it going on the Baseball by Design podcast with my friend and former guest, Paul Caputo, and fellow Philly guy? Fellow Philly guy, fellow Delco. Yep. I mean, yep, he was really cool to talk to. I've been following his Twitter account for, I think, since as long as I've had a Twitter account. Um, So it was really cool. He reached out. I ended up on one of his Twitter spaces with um, Dad Hat. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up on there, and we ended up talking, and he DM'd me asking if we'd be interested in doing, like, a little segment for his show. Um, so he focused, he talked to our graphic designer, who um, is amazing. I'll plug my graphic designers, Nick yeah. Elder and Hunter Glotz. They are incredible. They are. They up with me all day long. Um, but he talked to Nick Elder about our Copa logo, which was designed in-house. Yeah, okay. Um, Nick Nick did that himself, and wow. it's a really great logo. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool to be able to like talk to Paul and have Nick talk to Paul. I think Parney jumped on there as well in that podcast. Nice, as always. Parney's great. Yeah, um, he loves this kind of stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Um, so, have you ever heard the story about how Paul and I met? No, I think, well, I may have heard it on one of your previous podcasts, I think. Yeah, he, so Paul is the only two-time guest of the Pulling Tart podcast so far, and um, so Paul and I met in, on opening day 2014, 
in Beloit, Wisconsin. And it was my first time doing the PA announcing. And I was the director of media relations and marketing. Had no idea, like, what I was doing. Because it, it was opening day, you know? And um, it was so cold outside. And so Paul was hanging out in the press box. Um, he, he like, emailed me earlier that week and asked for a press credential. I was like, I was like yeah, just... <laughs> come on up to the, come on up to the press box um hang out and so he was write, writing for sportslogos.net at that point and um we we were just like a really like cheap organization honestly like just tried to cut corners like just to save a couple bucks here and there and for some reason or another we thought like the ticket com- the ticket department and the communication department could share a laptop that turned out to be false um so i got like it was it was probably um you know two outs into the top of the seventh and i realized that take me out to the ball game was not on the computer that i was using and i radioed down to the uh, on-field MC, who's a minor league guy at that point. He had been working in the industry for like almost two decades, and yeah. I, I said, I said, Bill, it's, it's not on this computer. Like, I don't know what to do. And he said, Well, you're just gonna have to sing it. And I, I know that I am tone deaf. Like, my wife will. And all the blood would have drained from my face. Yeah, like it would have been uh, no. Not happening. My wife hates it when I sing in the car. She she will be the first to tell you that I'm tone deaf. So I already knew this. And I was like, oh man, I really don't want to sing this. And Paul's behind me, like two feet behind me. And he goes, I'll sing it. And I said, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'll sing it. And um, just just so that he, he was, because he got nervous and understandably so. Yeah. Um, he looked up the words, like just, just to have, just in case. And, um, so he sang, take me out to the ball game and he really bailed me out on opening night. So, um, and then Paul and I have followed each other on Twitter ever since. And he's been on the podcast twice. I've been on his podcast. Um, I try to hop in those Twitter spaces whenever I can. And, um, I, I've read some articles from his book. I'm, I'm in the book. Um, so, uh, yeah. So me and Paul, I've been, yeah, yeah. So if I had long hair, I would do that. But, um, yeah, Paul and I have been friends ever since. So, um, glad you were able to go on his podcast and I'm glad that he started a podcast because he, he needed to for sure. He's so, he's another person. He knows so much. And there's this, like, I was telling him on his podcast, there's this really cool, like, cultural grouping of people who just love minor league baseball and mm-hmm. i think it's like it's so amazing because like what we do it's like i mean it's all for the fans what we do and we love to do it right um and it's so nice to see this like little community like growing and like with the, i mean he does like baseball palooza and like there's all these different people that have their own little traditions and i think it's just really really cool um but yeah he's a really cool person to talk to he was telling me this story, um, just so Delco, like some kid at Ocean City, New Jersey, like freaking out, like being a lifeguard, being like, everybody out of the water. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Just butchered the heck out of that story, but it was just too good. Yeah. Um, so working in minor league baseball is an animal of its own. So what is the most other duties as a sign moment in your minor league baseball career? There's probably other ones that might be better, but the first one that comes to mind is when I was in Peoria, like this is early March of 2020. So like COVID like rumblings are just kind of happening. Like we had just put out a video about like washing your hands for the certain like right amount of time and everything else. Yeah. And we got like an email and we had to clean. So me, I was an intern at the time, me and all the other interns scrubbed everything in that stadium from top to bottom with disinfectant, like mm. every clubhouse, every desk, every like, we were all, by the end of it, um, the governor at the time was, like, holding a press conference about, like, what was going on with COVID, and no one really knew what was going on, um, and we were just, like, praying, we are like, please let us work from home tomorrow, like, please tell us that you're not, you're not gonna open, like, office buildings, and you're gonna tell everyone to go home and, like, quarantine, and he didn't, I was like, darn, and we had to go back and clean again the next day. Uh. <laughs> Man, that does stink, actually. Yeah, um, but I mean, we all had fun, obviously, like, intern classes all hanging out together. Like, it's never really a dull moment. We played basketball, like, um, like mini basketball, like, over the hoop. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we were doing, like, stuff like that, playing music, just, like, messing around. Yeah. Um, you, so. have, you have to make things fun like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what's fun about just the industry as a whole. Like, even when you're doing things that, like, you don't really want to be doing. Yeah. It's for still, sure. like, enjoyable. You still find a way to have fun with it because that's just the nature. You have to be able to, to, like, well, stick it in this industry. <laughs> and if you're in the right front office, everybody is like-minded. Like... Exactly. You know, we're all kids going to work at a baseball stadium. Baseball. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, like I always tell people, like, I loved working in baseball. And it was the most fun job I've ever had. Not every day was super fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as a whole, the job, the career itself was super fun. And yeah. I have lots of stories to tell, obviously. Um, but it's, it's just such a shame and it, and I know it's organization by organization and I never worked for one of those organizations that, you know, made it so that you could live financially comfortable, um, that you could, you know, spend time with your family or start a family. Um, so I just never had that, but I know it's, you know, different organizations work different ways. Um, I but, think it's shifting a lot. Yeah. I'll, like, shout out the Flying Squirrels as well. Like, okay. We, in the off-season, have been doing 30-hour, like, flexible work weeks, mm. um, which has been great. We just started back up with, like, normal working hours. Yeah. Um, but they really try and make sure that, like, you can 
have the personal life, like go home at five o'clock and have a normal life. Obviously when the season's in, all bets are off. Right. Like, yeah. As is normal. But I think they, they do a really good job of making sure. And that's just, I mean, across everything with the diversity, with, um, their charity efforts, like with everything that we're doing, um, I think we're just trying to make it culturally a better place. I do freelance work um, for a woman who's in like employee engagement and internal uh-huh. communications. And she talks a lot about employee, like organizational culture and things like that. And the squirrels are doing all the right things. And yeah. I think a lot of um, like teams are shifting into that sort of mentality. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Um so what's the strangest thing that you've had to assist with during a game that's that's come up? So I was thinking about this question, and the one that came to mind first, and I don't know, you may tell me it doesn't count, but when mm-hmm. I was at Texas Tech, I was there during the Patty Mahomes era of Texas oh, Tech. okay. And, like, really randomly, we'll not get into it, super long story, but, like, I was part of the a program where you were like an usher for a couple games and um it was like it was really chill honestly you got Mm -hmm. to like watch the game you didn't have to deal with like the mess of like standing in line and whatever but they were like we need a couple volunteers to go down onto the field and escort the players off and i was like me like my hand shot up immediately i was like what do you mean and i was within like two inches of patty mahomes like about to lose my mind dang okay it was so bizarre like i don't know what was that what was it like like being at texas tech while patrick mahomes was there it was crazy because like we all knew like how good he was and that era i mean even still but especially then like that era of the big 12 was like the offense was ridiculous. We were scoring 80 points a game and like still losing. Yeah. It was insanity. Yeah. Like yeah. we'd be losing by two points, but we scored 80. Uh, yeah. Um, and all, all of us went and watched his, when the NFL draft um, was happening, we all went like me and all my friends went to Buffalo wild wings and the whole place was just decked out in like people um, wearing like their Patrick Mahomes t-shirts and everything else. Um, they gave away, I think it was that year, um, a t-shirt that said me and my homies, yeah. which was like super popular. Everyone wore it around campus, like all day, every day. Mm. Um, really, we were really like, so pumped. We are like, we know he's going to go early. And everyone yeah. else was like, Patrick Mahomes isn't going to go that early. You're kidding yourself. And then he did. Yep. He sure did. And he is lighting the NFL on the fire, on fire. Yeah. Um, it's Did like you... my biggest flex. Like every single time someone asks me a question, I'm like, I went to Texas Tech during the Patty Mahomes era. So. <laughs> Did you ever <laughs> see Jackson Mahomes? No, and everyone is like all uptight about this is another hot take, but I think the Mahomes family should be able to do what they want without being criticized. I just don't like him. I don't know why. <laughs> I just like just something about his face. I don't I it's, don't know. He's like very He's just like the epitome of Gen Z, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's just so Gen Z. Maybe that's why. Which I'm like a cusper, so I don't know if I should be talking much. Well, but... <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, I'm not on TikTok, so I guess I don't really have to worry about it. But, um, yeah. Um, so, 
what is the weirdest social media message that you've seen while running a team account? So, so you get so many, every yeah. day, especially now, like with the squirrels, we really do get quite a few DMS. A lot of them now are asking if we're going to have a season because yeah. of the MLB lockout. And I don't know how many times I can post anyone else can post like, all the minor league teams just 24-7 are like, we're unaffected by the lockout. Yeah. We're still going to play no matter what, but it doesn't matter. No. Um, the weirdest one I ever got, I run like the info account. Yeah. So info at Squirrels Baseball. Mm-hmm. I like am the one that sifts through all of it. I just mainly like forward all the emails to the right sure. people. Yeah. But I got an email a couple weeks ago and the subject line just said tickets, but it was T-I-X. Okay. And there was no body, and it just said, sent from my iPhone at the bottom. And okay. that was it. Okay. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I guess you forwarded it You forwarded it to the ticket department and have somebody <laughs> email Reach them back. Out. Yeah. <laughs> no information. We had um, someone message us not too long ago because there's a lot of ups and downs with the stadium in uh-huh. Richmond. Um, yeah. But this guy DM'd us and said that if, if we lose our team, which is not happening, no. if we lose our team, then we should be an independent baseball team. And I was like, okay, but like, not happening. Yeah. Like, and I was so like, I was like, I'm always very much of like a customer service. Like, thank you for your concern. This isn't going to be an issue. We appreciate your feedback. And he was like, reach out to Lou DeBella, who's our owner. <laughs> tell, tell Lou that this is, you know, you could be an independent team. And I was like, okay. That's not going to happen. Yeah. No. <laughs> people, people like on the outside have such they think great ideas and they just don't even understand how like the inner workings yeah. work. <laughs> like, uh, geez. Um, so what's the team social media post that got you the most interactions and most engagement? Yeah. Once again, Peoria COVID era. All right. Um, it was like the, obviously the very beginning of everything kind of happening and I like kind of pride myself on this one because a lot of teams copied me after okay. I did it. And that's one of those, like, as a social media manager, you're that's like, awesome. yeah. like, I started it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, like, the pictures, like, Peoria Chiefs players as, like, hand sanitizers. <laughs> so, like, I got a whole bunch of pictures of, like, uh, different players in, like, Peoria Chiefs jerseys and then looked up, like, the bath and body works like with a similar color mm-hmm. and like it was a whole thread and like i put them all together um that one did really well and then a whole bunch of teams copied me nice. not copied we all influence everyone else's ideas yeah. obviously we're all we all have the same like end goal so i never want to be like oh they copied because we all take influence from oh else. for sure yeah um but yeah a whole bunch of teams did that after okay that's that's pretty cool yeah it's it's always awesome when when like another team like even just takes your idea slightly and just like yeah you're like oh i see where you got that okay okay um i see you all right um what is the weirdest interaction that you've had with a fan this one is so good so after i was laid off from peoria and to like everyone unfortunately they had to lay off the 
vast majority of the staff. Right. Um, I was home in Philadelphia, and I to get through COVID, I like did some freelance work, but I worked at Starbucks. Okay. And I worked at Starbucks like all through high school. I had been with Starbucks for like years and years and years. Um, so I called my old boss. I got my job at back at Starbucks from forever ago. And I was working the drive-thru one day, and someone came through with a Peoria Chiefs hat. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so random. Like, it it was, like, the light blue with the Dalmatian with the fire hat. Like, there was no, like, missing it. Yeah. It was definitively that's what it was. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, are you a Peoria Chiefs fan? Like, that's so random. I'm in, like, suburban Pennsylvania. Yeah. And this is, like, a random team from Illinois. And he had no idea what I was talking about. I know. Doesn't that annoy you? It blows my mind because I was so excited. I was like, no one, I I was around no one who talked about sports at all. I was like, oh my God, this guy's got a Peoria Chiefs hat on. This is so incredible. Like I worked for them. I was like, I'm a really outgoing person just to begin with. But I was like outwardly like, oh my God, no way. Like, this is so cool. I used to work for them. And he had like the blankest stare on his face. Had absolutely yeah. no idea what I was talking about. I I get that sometimes too. So like, for instance, this was like maybe a month ago. I was at my local Wawa here. Um, oh, yes. And I'm in, I'm in Southern Delaware, like right on the border of like Maryland kind of. And um, this guy had a Williamsport Crosscutters hat on. And I was, I was like, I was like, dude, I love your hat. Um, I used to work for them and he didn't even, he didn't even speak English. He was just like, he was just like, oh, okay. Um, and that was, that was it. But also I went to, I told you I went to Antigua in back in December and there was a bunch of like college age kids and they were clearly from Michigan. Like everything about them was like Michigan and but they had a one guy had a Toledo Mud Hens hat on, and another wow. and another guy had a West Michigan Whitecaps hat on, and I know the groundskeeper for the Whitecaps, um, <laughs> and like I just like commented, and I said, I said, hey, I love those hats, guys, and they're like, oh, cool, are you from Michigan? I was like, no, I'm just a really big minor league baseball guy, um, like yeah. you, you, like you really have no idea, like. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm almost 100 episodes of a podcast. Yeah, right. Um, So I was just like, yeah, I just worked in minor league baseball for a long time. Big minor league baseball guy. And they're like, oh, cool, cool. Um, So that was was pretty much the end of our conversation. But... but yeah, that guy in the Williamsport Crosscutters hat, like, literally just couldn't even converse with me. It was um, a little disappointing, but it's okay. Um, So... I know from experience, um, sometimes it's super frustrating running a team social media. In your opinion, what's the most frustrating thing about that? This one's so hard because I really do. I love every second of it. Like I joke with my family. I have a master's of science in marketing and like my grandfather, he always jokes. He's like, well, you have a master's degree in Twitter. Like, why don't you tell me? Like, (laughs) I really do love it. Like I ended up, I'm social media and marketing. So I get to like kind of the best of both worlds use like my educational background as well as like how much I love social media. Yeah. Um, So I do love every second of it, Mm -hmm. but people who ask for free merchandise, 
They're the worst. I can't. I can't handle yeah. it. Like, I don't know why it goes right up my spine. It just drives me nuts. Every single time I post, I, like, do the TikToks, and it, they're cringy enough to begin with. But then you have people in the comments section just like, that's a cool hat. Send it to me. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I get emails, like, constantly. It's like, hi, I want, I would love a fan pack. Oh, I hate those emails. <laughs> I despise those people. I always send them, I, I don't know if it's passive aggressive, but I send them a link to our team store. And I'm like, mm. yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Can, I don't know. You can yeah. go buy some. We appreciate, I always emphasize, like, and I think it just bothers me because we are a small business, like, mm -hmm. and we're recovering from COVID. Like, yeah. we have just finally hired back. Like, I was part of the hiring of, like, a new crew. Back to normal sized, like, teams. Right. So I think it just bothers me because it's like, we're a small business and we're recovering from COVID as well. Like, I'm not just going to send out free stuff to everyone who asks, like, why don't you support your local team who, like, employs a lot of people and things mm -hmm. like that. Um, I think that's why it bothers me so much. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I, you know, worked in, you know, social media and marketing, but it was so I got out, like, right before COVID, honestly. So it was, mm -hmm. like, in hindsight, it was great timing, but I got yeah. out in like, I got out in like November of 2019. Um, okay. and so I made our TikTok account and we made like two videos and that was it. Yeah. Right. Um, because just of like the timing of when I left. And so I'm interested to hear like from other social media managers, what is it like managing, a TikTok page, um, like it, it's something that I've never had to do. I I still don't have TikTok. My wife sends me them all the time, <laughs> and like I just don't care to like download it because because she will spend like hours like looking at TikToks. I'm just like yeah. I'm just like, and I'm 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 kind of like that to an extent with Twitter, but like you right. can, at some point like after like 20 minutes, you're like, all right, I need a break, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But but yeah, what's it like? working in social media in like the tiktok era era yeah, yeah it's it's honestly crazy i feel like i can't keep up sometimes um like i said i like graduated grad school um and i deleted my twitter like not account i just deleted the app off my phone like, okay while i was going through school yeah because i was like addicted i knew that i wasn't gonna be able to get anything done um so deleted it for a while and during like lockdown and quarantine like my sibling was showing me some tiktoks so i like knew what it was but i didn't really like play with it or anything mm -hmm. and then i had a project in school and i had to like do some stuff on tiktok um for a client and I downloaded it and I was one of those people. It's like hours and hours. Yeah. I have an, an addictive personality to begin with. Like the caffeine addiction is unreal. And yeah. so I knew the second I downloaded it, I was like, this is it. I'm, I'm done. Like it, I'm addicted. It's over. Yeah. Um, I feel, but even still, like I'm on it quite frequently and I feel like I can't keep up with trends. Like it moves so quickly. Like by the time I see a trend that I can apply to the squirrel's account 
And then I have to like ask my coworkers. I'm like, hey, will you be in my TikTok? Like it's a yeah, whole thing. Right. Of course, no one really wants to do it. Sure. Um, but they're all like really great. They all I wear them down. I think. Right. But by the time I like get them in it and then schedule to make sure that like mascot can be in it and then it has this other element. It's like almost like the trend is over. Like we're on the backside of the trend already. Um. So, like, once you have an idea, you have to move so quick or else it's irrelevant. Right. Immediately. Okay. So, I used to, like, what we used to do, I used to get with, like, our mascot um, manager, and we used to batch a whole bunch of content, like, at once, and now it's, like, there's no way. it's It has to be as and when it comes, because otherwise it's irrelevant. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I can see that, actually. Um, So, on the other side of things... I help out with our marketing and social media with my current job, which is in insurance. And the insurance company that I work for, they they let us have a Instagram account in the middle of 2020. Like, how far behind the eight ball do you have to be? Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this is absurd. Like... We were only allowed to have a Facebook account, and now they finally let us have an Instagram account. I was like, this is... <laughs> I can't. Like, it's like it's ridiculous. But um, So this is the Pulling Tart Podcast, and I need to ask if you have any wild or crazy tarp stories. I feel like I don't have any that are, like, out of the ordinary. Okay. Like- Obviously, if it's raining, like, really bad and you have only a couple people, it's, like, not fun. I will say, this morning, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, he's going to ask me about the tarp pull. And I don't really have a good story. And, like, I got to work. I sat down at my desk. I plugged in my computer. And I got an email. And it was, like, pulling tarp at 9.15 this morning. And I was like, oh, but I was in heels. Like, I was dressed for work. I wear heels to work. I'm like, oh my God. So I run back home. I change into my sneaker. I didn't even have like my tennis shoes or anything in the car, which is like mistake number one. Yeah. Always be prepared for the tarp pull. Um, so I ran home. I don't live very far from the diamond. Yeah. Ran home, changed, put my clothes in a bag. And I was like, okay, like, and it was my first tarp pull of 2022. I was like, I'm ready. Let's do it. And then we get out there and it was for the, cause VCU, um, plays on our field. We like share the field with, mm-hmm. um, Virginia state and okay. or not uh, with VCU. And they had like 30 people out there pulling tarp. And I was like, all this for nothing. And yeah. I ended up not having to pull it this morning, but I was like kind of pumped for my first like 2022 like tarp pull. I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Ran home, changed. It's it's early for tarp pull. Yeah. So what is what's going on at the diamond that you guys had to do that? Uh, VCU plays on our on our field, so okay. practicing. Okay. Their season starts next month, March. Something. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Because they're um like the college team, so they start like pretty early. So they they've been Man. out practicing on the field for a while. Man, that is rough. Okay. Yeah. Man. All for nothing. I was I was kind of pumped about it as well. Mm. I was like, ooh, I'll get my my workout, my exercise, right. get my steps in. 
it's funny because everyone everyone at the office kind of laughs at me uh we have like the inner office phones with the intercoms oh okay yeah stuff and i never use them because i like i have to get up and walk around oh i hated those yeah yeah i don't use them so i was like pumped to get my steps but no tarp pull this morning okay (laughs) that wow february the first week of february is rough uh for a tarp pull man Okay. It was cold today as well. Like, oh, I yeah. was bundled up, ready to go. Like, hat, gloves. It it was pretty cold out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't miss that at all. Man. Alright. Let's look at some listener questions here. Alright. So, Ballpark Hunter asked the number one question that I'm sure you guys get oh. all the time. Um... <laughs> And I like there's a lot of history behind the diamond. Um, and trust me, I worked for a team that had a stadium that was super outdated. They they finally got a new stadium due to new ownership. Um, so shout out to them. But Ballpark Hunter asked, Will there ever be a new ballpark in Richmond? It's in the works. Okay. Um, the city, so uh, the diamond is actually owned by the city of Richmond. Uh huh. It's so that's why we share it with like VCU and everyone else. Like we don't really have control over it at all. Um, so the plans they are, the city is accepting plans from developers. Okay. So they're taking bids and things like that, which is like the first step of the process. And it looks like it's rolling along pretty well. We all have like all fingers, toes, like eyes, arms, everything's crossed. We're all hoping. Um, I kind of like the diamond. I feel like people, it gets a really bad rap. Um, Richmond, the street art scene in Richmond is huge. Like every, like the side of like every building is like in this amazing street art and the artists are like super talented. And a couple years ago, the diamond held like a street art fest. So the diamond is not just like concrete. It's like covered in like this really cool street art and things like that. Some of the locals don't really like it. They call it, I'll get DMs. It's like, take the graffiti down. Yeah. It's not. We have a question. It's like, nice. I think it gives it a lot of character. Like, it is very much like late 80s concrete slab, like, ballpark. It Mm -hmm. it reminds you of, like, Veteran Stadium, honestly. Okay, yeah. It's just very much like concrete everything. I I think it's fair to say that we've outgrown the stadium. Right. Um, so we're all excited for hopefully a new one, but at the same time, I feel like it does have a lot of character. I kind of like it. It's got like a little bit of a retro feel and um, our groundskeepers and like ops and everyone like keep it looking great. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Um, yeah. Just working in old stadiums. I, I know is stu- is super tough. Um, so when I came to work at Delmarva in 2017, I came from I came from Beloit, and my general manager Chris said like said like Hi, how was it out there in Beloit? And I was like, Yeah, it was it was fine. Like we had our struggles, you know. And he was like, Yeah, I interviewed for the GM position in like the late. 90s or early 2000s and they were talking about getting a new stadium back then and they finally got one in 2022 or 2021 sorry 
Um, but man, yeah, it's it, obviously theirs was delayed as well. But um, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I know you don't know all the answers, so um, pe- <laughs> people would people would ask me, you know, being the media guy, like, when are we getting a new stadium? I was like, I have no idea. No, yeah, no idea. Um, but so Paul Caputo asked. What's the best pizza place in me- in Media, Pennsylvania? Uh, Paul and I talked about this on his podcast. Okay. We, like, really randomly came across the fact that we're from, like... Super literally close. the same area. Like, Delco's one thing, but, like, my whole family's from Media, Aston, Springfield, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and we happened to get to talking about Pinocchio's Pizza in media pa and it is it's so good like i'm so i'm such a pizza snob as well like we're talking about the food in england and like that was the thing i think that frustrated me the most my experience in england could have been 180 with like decent pizza how do you mess up pizza i don't understand oh my gosh cardboard and ketchup like oh no they put people British people put cheddar cheese on literally everything. Really long story, but I was at my boyfriend's. My boyfriend's British, and his parents were cooking dinner, and they made, like, pasta with, like, meatballs, and they were like, do you want cheese on top? And I was like, yeah, I love cheese. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And they grated up cheddar cheese. No. I swear. I swear. <laughs> and it was, I, I, at that point, there was, like, no turning back. Like, I already said yes, so I had to, like, just be like, wow, thank you so much. Like, this is wonderful. Thank you. And they're all, like, super polite. And, like, the British people aren't, like, a. I would, well, some of them are, like, a cold people. Yeah. And they really like to, they're fairly judgy. And not in, like, a bad way, but, like, if I had said no, if I'd have been, like, well, I don't want cheddar cheese on my pasta. Right. I'd have been, like, oh. Yeah. So there was no turning back, but they put cheddar cheese on everything. So the pizza was like cardboard. The best you were getting was Papa John's. Yeah. By far and away, Papa John's is the best pizza in England, and that is just sad. That I is touch sad. It with a 10 foot pole in America. That is but, pitiful. Yeah. I grew up with like like boardwalk pizza, like Mac and Mangoes, um, Grotto Pizza. Like, Ooh, we have a Grotto's like, here. Oh, I love grotto pizza. It's yeah. so my jam. If you give me a grotto pizza, or even a Pinocchio's pizza, I'm like, and I'm a yingling, I'm the happiest person in the world. I'm yeah. like, so easy. I just need a decent pizza. Yeah. And They just put in a grotto's here, and like, <sighs> they've got like, so many TVs, and it's awesome to go for football Sunday. Ooh. Amazing. It's, it's literally like, less than a five minute drive from my house. It's awesome. Um, I still haven't found, like, the best pizza in Richmond. Okay. Um, but I'm on the hunt. It's, like, I'm have on you, the hunt. Have you found a cheesesteak place in Richmond? No. Mm. I found, like, they got good barbecue, though, because I was uh, in Texas. I yeah. was in West Texas. Um, best barbecue place in Texas, hands down, Evie Mays, which is just outside Lubbock. Um, they don't have a liquor license, so they give you free beer. Oh, cool. It's just, in a, it's just in a cooler. You can take as much as you want. Um, and it's like the best barbecue. It's so good. That's so cool. I found a decent barbecue place. 
in Richmond. So right. I'm happy with that, and nice. we're figuring out the rest. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, Paul also sent me some other questions, um, <laughs> and this is kind of like a jokey like reference to you were talking about the um, the street art on the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "When are they going to get the graffiti off the diamond?" <laughs> Yeah. Like when I did his podcast as well, a lot of people do message us and ask about the graffiti getting taken down. Yeah. Well, I know that he also went to University of Richmond, so I don't know when. You know. I can't remember. He said he was around the diamond. I can't remember if he said he went to Richmond Braves. Oh, maybe. Possibly. Yeah. But he's like he's been around the Richmond area. He said his son is looking at like colleges and stuff. Yeah. um, like Richmond's a possibility. Yeah. Um, okay. Paul, if you're listening, cool. like, let me know if you're in Richmond. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you out to the diamond to yep. look at the graffiti. Yeah. And then he also said, and this is also, you know, kind of a joke. Um, since social media managers are in charge of all organizational decisions, including rosters, parking prices, <laughs> and weather delays, can you promise that the flying squirrels will be and I'm going to mess this up. We'll do our Diaz Voladoras Sunday yeah. helmets this year. You know how he is with his Sunday helmets. Yes. Um, I actually don't know what's in store for the Sunday helmets. Okay. We just got um, a new food and beverage director. Uh, he's great, but he comes from like King's Dominion and NASCAR. Oh. We have a NASCAR track in Richmond. Okay. Um, so he's like done all this cool stuff. So I don't know what's in store for the ice cream helmet Sundays. I haven't actually been able to dig one up yet. I was asking around like a couple weeks ago if someone had one. I was making like a snowman in the snow and I needed like a smaller hat. Yeah. I was like a baseball, like an ice cream Sunday hat would be the perfect size. Yeah. I couldn't dig one up. Yeah. Paul's got way more than anybody should, but. Anybody? Yeah. He's. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, he's got so many. It's incredible, honestly. Um, but it's so cool. you'll have to you'll have to plug the Copa Sunday helmets. Try yes. to try to get that in in the works for Paul. All right, um, Sam. Where can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm at samim underscore forty two. I'm on Instagram as well. I think I'm private and the rest, but it's Sam from Philly on there okay and that's about it i'm on tiktok but i don't post anything on my own personal account i just do recon for yeah (laughs) i don't know anybody that actually like posts to tiktok maybe it's because i'm old now i don't i don't know (laughs) um but like my my boss sent me something that like our company you know the big company we work for they're doing some like tiktok challenge and i was like well that's interesting because we're not even allowed to have a tiktok account so (laughs) and then but it's like inviting other people like to post tiktoks like in regards to the super bowl and i and she goes like do you know anybody that would do this and i was like i literally don't know anybody that actually posts to their tiktok i know people that have tiktok that look at other people's for like hours on end but I don't know anybody that actually like posts to TikTok. So I don't know. I don't I I could not tell you someone even my age who posts yeah. on TikTok. Like 
maybe I'm just a bit too old for it. I don't know. I feel like we had a joke. Trey was like joking around with me one day. He was like, yeah, I had to leave Altoona because I wasn't allowed to run the team account anymore because I'm over 30. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the running joke. Like you're not allowed to be in charge of a social media account if you're over 30. Yeah. And I feel like the rule with like the TikTok one should be 20. Yeah, like, it's scary on there, honestly. <laughs> it is it is scary, and it's really funny, because, like, my own personal TikTok account, I guess I've gotten the algorithm down or whatever, okay. so it, like, knows what kind of stuff that I would like to see. Yeah. It's mostly just, like, weird Philly sports things, like the Go Birds dude with, like, the Vikings lady. Mm-hmm. That pops up on my TikTok. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, like, the best video, and, like, it's all dogs and I don't even know, like just food recipes and stuff like that. And then you yeah. go on to the squirrels account. The squirrels account, like completely different. Sure, right. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So during your minor league baseball career, what has been your favorite walk-up song, and whose was it? <sighs> it's such a good one. There's been I love um like all the Texas teams will do like, uh, but. When I was at Texas Tech, Texas Tech also has a great baseball team. Yep, yep. Wreck them, as always. Mm-hmm. And one of the people who was there, I want to say it was 2018, their walk-up song was Swag Surf, which they play, but like they play all the basketball games. So it was like a really good like tie-in because okay. the Texas Tech student section at basketball games was lit. Is insane it still is to this day like if you guys if anyone caught the texas versus texas tech game at texas tech like that is the entire experience okay it was insane but we all do the swag surf and you'd like put your arms around each other and it's like you know you bounce around and whatever and someone did it for their baseball walk-up song and i was just like this is just life okay all right it got me pumped up okay awesome (laughs) Well, I, I know that I have to go back and add some songs to uh, the Pulling Tart Podcast walk-up playlist on Spotify. So I'll go, I'm going to do that this week. I'm determined to do that. Um, I've just gotten behind and life has been busy, um, but I'll certainly add that to it. Um, and Sam, just thank you so much for taking the time out of your evening to come on to the Pulling Tart Podcast. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. This has been so fun. Like I tell anyone, I'll talk Texas Tech and Philly sports with anyone that'll listen. I think. Hell yeah. So I appreciate you humoring me while I do that. <laughs> You've listened to the Pulling Tarp Podcast, distributed by Stoveleg Media. Make sure you check out our page at stoveleg.com to learn more about Bobby and the rest of the show. Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.